This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. Fly ball deep left field. On Tigers Radio, 97.1, the ticket. Hey, we got a special edition of Tiger Talk. Not just any Tiger Talk, but a special edition here in November. And uh, This is a first. It's a first that uh, we've been given the uh, <laughs> special designation uh, before our usual January start. The only difference is usually it snows like crazy on our debut. Right, right. And so I would not have been surprised if, yeah. if a rogue snowstorm broke out. It would have been. It would have been uh, <laughs> absolutely fitting. And, uh, Dan, it's great to see you. And no, of course, this is fun, Pat. It really is. I think, I don't know, I just get very fired up thinking about all that's going on with this organization and what's going on, uh, what's coming. Uh, yeah. in, in the months ahead and then in, in the years ahead, in, in especially in 2024. But there's a lot to talk about, and that's what we want to do in addition, you know, kind of a special edition in November, one next month as well, because there is so much going on, and we can uh, we can preview uh, the offseason with uh, tonight, Tigers general manager uh, Jeff Greenberg. Right, and uh, also we'll get into some of your calls, and Dan and I will have our usual banter back and forth about a number of things. But uh, one of the things that's noticeable is uh, – how far the organization has come in a short period of time. If you were to compare this year at this time with last year at this time, uh, it's like night and day. We, we were lamenting how their farm system wasn't any good. The team was going to lose a thousand games. <laughs> you know, it looked like all doom and gloom. And uh, gosh, uh, a lot of things went right for them last year. And I don't think it's coincidence. I think Scott Harris is doing a terrific job. Uh, in, in terms of just adding people, doing things. Uh, I thought A.J. Hinch got his mojo back, did a great job of mixing and matching lineups. And uh, they had a pretty good team last year uh, by the end of the year. And uh, their division isn't the strongest. And I'm expecting them to be contenders. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they finished 19-10. and 10. I mean, they were kind of bubbling at 10 to 12 games under 500 for a good part of the year and then finished 19-10 and 10 the last 29 games and that that was not a small thing I mean it just it was a reflection of all the hard work that had gone in with the young guys think about it, it was a year to figure out what what do you have in Carpenter Green Torkelson especially but also Matt Veerling Tarek Skubal coming back from injury I mean you were finding out about guys who are going to be pieces who are going to be middle of the order bats and then what do we need after we find out about these guys in the offseason and that's what the season was about and they did find out and there were a lot of improvements and the team's going to even get younger next year well, true enough, and uh, also it wasn't a case of like everything that could go right went right. Uh, they had a number of injuries. Uh, Matthew Boyd got hurt and was out. Uh, they had a situation, even Erod went out for a couple starts. Uh, Riley Green uh, had the injury bug, got him, Matt Manning. Uh, so they had a number of players out, and uh, they still managed uh, to uh, replace them and find players. And uh, it wasn't just the development of the younger players. There were also some acquisitions that did well. You know, very important, the Zach McKinstries. Uh, Verling, I thought, was very versatile. And it really fit into what uh, what uh, 
A.J. Hinch does very well as a manager. He took that, and I think the upgrades to his coaching staff clearly made a difference. Yeah, I mean, they, and we've got Jeff Greenberg on the line, but we'll, we'll talk about all of that in the coming hour because what they did with the pitching department and hitting department was big, and it, it impacted those young hitters in a big way. Yeah, the Tigers have hired a general manager here recently. He's got a, a, a baseball and a hockey background, <laughs> and uh, he's somebody that understands a lot of uh, background with the uh, Cubs and uh, the Chicago Blackhawks for a brief period, and uh, the new general manager of the Detroit Tigers, uh, Jeff Greenberg, joins us. And uh, What's up, Jeff? Uh, welcome to Detroit, and uh, fans are going to, I think, enjoy talking to you today. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Jeff, uh, this is Dan Dickerson. I, you just you've been here a couple of months. I mean, you've, you've gotten a feel for what the lay of the land is. And just kind of your your thoughts about what what impressed you as you joined this organization about all the things that are going on. We've talked a lot about it during the season, but I always think of the, the way the players develop, and I always think of what Scott Harris said when he came here. We want this to be a place where players want to come wherever they are in their careers to get better. Or if they're in the system, know that we are going to provide them with a resource to get better. And there's just been a lot of good things going on in that area over the last year. Yeah, no, you said it. Um, And that's something just going through the interview process, doing my homework, um, you know, coming into this, you could you could see those things from the outside. You could see uh, the progress taking place on the field at the minor league level on the hitting side and the pitching side, you could see those things um, clearly taking, taking hold of the big league level as well. Um, and then, you know, actually getting here and peeling back some of those layers, you know, meeting our people, seeing the things we have going on, some of which are, you know, more public facing in nature, some of which are more, uh, behind the scenes, uh, our coaches, our, our player development staff, our scouting groups, everybody here in the front office, our analysts. Um, it's, it's, it's an exciting thing to, to jump into. Um, you know, talked about it a lot when I first got here. We've got a lot of work uh, to do moving forward. We're not where we want to be, but um, seeing that momentum, seeing the work that's being done, getting a sense for um, where we are and the opportunities that lay ahead. It's, uh, it's really exciting. Uh, Jeff Pacaputo here. I come on after a lot of the games. So I get the, uh, the, the reaction from the fans in the immediate uh, time. And a lot of the things that they discuss with me and ask about uh, mostly center on payroll. There's almost an obsession with payroll. It's like when Miggy's contract's off, now Erod has opted out. You know, the, the bottom line of your payroll is something that fans very much are interested in. And I try to tell them, look, it's not necessarily how much money you spend, but when you spend it, how you spend it. You know, you got uh, players in the future that will be arbitration eligible. But in a short sense, I'm sure you guys have got a pretty good idea of what your payroll is. Uh, Where's it going to lie this year? Yeah, I think this is something Scott addressed right after the season ended. Um, You know, resources – are not going to be an issue for us. I think the, the more pertinent question is uh, how can we make the right decisions uh, to put ourselves uh, on the right path moving forward in 2024 and beyond. It's, it's less about the payroll number and it's more about consistently stacking really good baseball decisions, one on top of each other. Um, 
over, you know, a sustained period of time. And there are a lot of things that go into that. Um, some of that touches on what we do in free agency. Some of that may touch on opportunities that may exist on the trade market. Uh, a lot of that ties back to what we're doing in player development. Uh, how can we most effectively create an environment conducive to putting our players in the best position possible at the minor league level, uh, at the big league level, I think you saw a lot of those things um, move in a positive direction last year. So those are the things we're going to continue to focus on, you know, finding that right path um, to con- consistently put ourselves in the right position to capture as many wins as, po- as possible. That's ultimately what we're trying to do. Um, and it's, it's about finding that path, stacking those decisions on top of each other uh, to put ourselves in the best, best position to do that. Just came from the GM meetings, uh, which ended prematurely. You got out of there okay, health wise? <laughs> I did not. I got it. Oh, you got I, it. Too. I got it. Like, yeah, a lot of people. It was it was uh, an interesting week, but I'm back on my feet now. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad you're back to good health. You know, Scott was saying during the GM meetings that you know it's kind of a time when you get to talk to agents, you kind of get to feel uh, your fellow uh, presidents of baseball operations or GMs out about how the market might go and what the trade market might look like. Did you get any kind of sense uh, from the, the meetings about, because every off season is different. It's amazing. And we saw how last off season it got rather heated with the dollars <laughs> flying fast and furious. Uh, did you get a sense of how things might go and also get a sense for how teams are now viewing the Detroit Tigers from an agent standpoint as a destination place? Yeah, it was. It's a productive week. I mean, it's early in the process, but it's you know it, that week affords teams the opportunity to you know to, to talk to each other, get a sense for you know what teams' needs are, where there may be areas of surplus. Um, beginning to have those preliminary conversations with free agents as well, getting a sense for expectation, and you know this early in the process, it's, it's largely an exercise and information gathering you can slowly start to get a sense for how these markets may begin to develop and you have a better sense of that coming out of those meetings than you do going into those meetings i think the reality is like those things will continue to evolve over the over the course of of the next couple weeks It, it usually feels like you know by the time you get to around thanksgiving coming out of thanksgiving is when um things start to pick up a little more speed heading into the GM meeting. So um, productive week from an information gathering standpoint. um, And and I would imagine those things will continue to evolve here over the next, uh, next couple of weeks. Scott has talked about how hard it is to, to make trades these days, but you guys pulled off a pretty good trade. I mean, right away (laughs) world series ends and you guys are trading for Mark Hanna. What a good trade. Can you just give people a feel? I mean, the numbers may not wow you if you look at his numbers, but what this guy does who gives you a good at bad, who understands hitting can pass that knowledge on to young hitters, all the things that adding someone of his caliber and his, you know, wisdom and experience to this clubhouse. Yeah, no, Mark was the guy we, we circled as a target um, early, early in the process. Um, he just does a lot of things from, you know, what he does in the lineup to what he can provide off the field as well. Obviously, he's, he's an on-base machine. Um, the stats, you know, speak for themselves. It's just a a relentless approach at the plate. He doesn't make it easy on pitchers. Um, 
makes really good swing decisions, just a, a relentless at bat, um, has some versatility uh, in the field as well, um, just brings a, a tough, hard-nosed, gritty mentality every day. And um, bringing a veteran presence like that um, to our team, obviously, you know, we're a younger team, uh, a lot of really encouraging signs from a lot of guys um, this past season. So to bring somebody in with that profile um, in the lineup with that veteran presence um, was was a priority, and, and obviously we were really excited we could make that work. Well, this is Tiger Talk, a special edition. We're talking to Jeff Greenberg, the Tigers' new general manager. Uh, when you have a lot of prospects – it's a great thing, but it's difficult in the offseason because you have the Rule 5 draft and you want to protect players on your 40-man roster you want to keep. Uh, how much is that going to factor into who you add? Because one of the things Scott Harris talked about was you don't want to be blocking younger players, you want to lose younger players. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a big week. We've got uh, the protection deadlines actually – uh, tomorrow, the tenor deadlines on Friday. I think we we approach that the way we approach everything else. Those are a series of, of decisions. We'll um, seek input from from everybody um, in the organization. Um, there are, there are guys we'll look at. Obviously, that comes at the cost of, of roster spots, and um, we'll need to sort through what what ultimately is in our our best interest. So it, it's a busy week. Um, Busy, busy day tomorrow leading into the reserve list deadline, more activity across the league, obviously, um, on Friday. And um, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do the work to put ourselves in the best position we can. Uh, you're in the uh, American League Central, uh, which uh, most of the teams are struggling right now. Uh, Minnesota won it last year, but not with an overwhelming record. Uh, how much is that going to factor into your timetable uh, for trying to win the division, or is it now? Is the future now for you guys? How, how are you balancing that? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think AJ said it well towards the end of the season um, this past year. We were, I think we were eliminated from playoff contention with with eight games left in the season. So that, you know, kind of tells us where we are. Like, that's where the gap is, and, um, you know, how can we collectively find a way to, um, to close that gap, find those eight wins that we couldn't find last year. And, um, you know, that can obviously come through a variety of ways, um, kind of ties back to the conversation earlier on finding the most productive path to, to finding those wins, putting ourselves in a position to be as competitive as we can, as quickly as we can, stack as many of those wins uh, on top of each other. But, um, you know, we saw where we were last year. We know where that gap is, where that opportunity lies. And, um you know, we're not, we were obviously, we we did not finish last season where we wanted to be, but uh, that opportunity is there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an exciting one to, to take a hold of. Well, Jeff, welcome to town. I think you'll like it. Uh, the Tiger fans are loyal <laughs> and they're loud. They got a lot of opinions. You'll get a lot of unsolicited advice in this town, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so uh, best of luck and uh, hope you have a, a wonderful year. And we'll talk to you soon. Jeff, thank you for your time. Appreciate it, guys, and happy birthday, Dan. Oh, happy you, birthday. <laughs> I know how old he is, too, man. I, I won't reveal that. But thank, thank you very much. Thanks, Jeff. There you go.
I didn't know you were a birthday boy today. Birthday That's dedication. Boy. Lucky yeah. 13. Yeah, there Lucky you go. 13. You get to come in and like, what do you want to do with that? Let's do it on my birthday. Let's, Let's do it go. On our birthday. <laughs> well, you like baseball enough. Love baseball. But anyway, we'll talk about the Tigers and what you have talked about there. Coming up next, this is Tiger Talk Special Edition on uh, 97 One The Ticket. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tiger Talk. Here's Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson. The strike one. Swinging a ground ball to first. Backhanded by Cabrera. Crosses the bag with his left foot. One out in the eighth. Of course. The ball will always find you. And Miguel Cabrera gets the first ground ball. The first ball put in play to make the out at first. And that's it. <laughs> Unbelievable. That was a great call and a great moment. You know what that reminded me of? Because uh, I was doing a, a, a broadcast that day, uh, the day before, day before on Saturday uh, outside the stadium. And uh, the line that went all the way down and around, it reminded me of that time in 2008. I don't know if you remember it after I got Miggy in a trade. Mm. Uh, and they were at Tiger Fest. And it was like zero out. Oh, we were, yeah. We were looking and up. We were looking that, at that line. Uh, yeah, it was like that, and they just kept coming. It was almost like uh, I'm not trying to get too, you know, sentimental or anything, but like Field of Dreams because once they that opened up an, the gates, it just kept coming in. It, it was, was incredible. The whole weekend was incredible yeah. with the crowds, especially Saturday, Sunday with the forty thousand each day, and then that moment, I was this close to going to break when he came out of the dugout with a glove. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know that and was that whole uh, thing for the next ten minutes was just unbelievable. Yeah, you, know, you did a great job. The whole thing it, it was uh, it was special, and I'm I'm so happy it ended well. You know, for Miggy, there was a lot of time there and years where you kind of wondered. But it, it ended was, well. It ended well. You could not have I dreamed it up done it and, any better. And the Tigers they handled it very well. They uh, you know there was no grousing, and eventually he did contribute some hits. Right. And uh, because early in the year, we were like, I was like, man, Miggy's got to stop. He was so bad. But he, he got better as he a found season. found a way. Went. I did want to point out a couple of things, get your reaction to it. On, on Canna, yeah. you know, he had a 2-2 war uh, baseball reference version. That was better than any Tiger play, position player last year. Uh, number two, uh, he's somebody that makes contact. Three, maybe 35, but he ran in the top, uh, you know, 27 percentile of uh, players. So he does add foot speed and maintain this imprint of athleticism that they've added. If you look, Kerry Carpenter runs way better than people thought and throws way better than people thought. Uh, Riley Green, a plus runner. Uh, Verling, way plus runner. Uh, number of uh, Parker Meadows, off the charts runner. Oh, my runner. gosh. <laughs> uh, Kill Badu, off the charts runner. So when you're looking at that, he fits into that imprint, even though that he is older. Right. And the the other part of it is he's somebody that has not trended down. In looking at his exit velocity and different things uh, over the year, it's been a steady stream. So you know what you're getting in a position player that's not you know uh, not eligible for free agency and all that. The going rate for a player like that for uh, 
you know, one year is uh, that uh, that amount of money, eleven plus million dollars. So they're not overpaying for him. And the other thing too is, if they were being cheap, there's no way they go out and get him. Right. So you know, shut your pie hole on that. I just well, wanted it, to point that out to a lot of fans I that I have an, to deal with. Yeah, right. You asked an important question. You've got Eduardo Rodriguez's money off and Miguel's money off, and Scott did address it that postseason press conference. He said, you know, respectfully, it's the wrong question. And, and Jeff, address this. You want to do make those good baseball decisions, but I thought the key line was you have to build a core and then you spend to complement the core. It's rare, and it's very true if you look through history. Just look at recent examples with the Padres and Mets, but you can go back five years, 10 years, 15 Absolutely. years of teams that just try to build a core by spending money without actually building that core and then complementing it. I mean, the Yankee teams of the late 90s, the last real dynasty, that was a core that they built. And then they added on. Then they added to it. And one more, to it. one more point. You know how the Orioles won more games than anybody in the American League? And I won't get into the Diamondbacks and all that, just the Orioles, because they won so many games. They had uh, six players over two-point war last year in their lineup, position players. The most they paid any of those players was $7 million. The two top players, Henderson and Rushman, those two players are making the minimum. All right, so uh, the, the bottom line about it is for the Tigers to improve, and their wars were six in, you know, uh, four, you know, so uh, in that area. You know, combined, I think, 11 or 12. In order for the Tigers to make improvements, the war improvements and wins comes from Torkelson's improvement, mm-hmm. Riley Green's improvement, Carpenter. Carpenter didn't home run his last 45 at-bats. You know, he's got to, you know, maintain. Yeah, he went the last month without it. Yeah, but. Yeah. We saw a lot of good those lot, first five months. But he's got better tools than people thought. And he does have lift. Uh, he's got a, he hits his home runs more on the road. That, that's a factor. So did Torque. But, you know, as these guys develop, that's where the improvement comes. And Scott Harris said this very accurately. You build your core first, and then you add. Right. You know, you cannot build a team in the general, especially unless you're in New York or, you know, whatever, where you've got unlimited resources without cutting off your nose to spite your face unless you build it through uh, the farm system. Even like Boston, when they were winning World Series, it was, it was the killer bees, right? Bogarts, Benintendi, uh, Some guy Bradley. Named Betts. Yeah, and M- Mookie <laughs> Bet. What a great player he is. And, you know, and you got to get some breaks at the end. I mean, the Dodgers, you know, when Urias got suspended, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. Erod didn't want to go there. You know, uh, that cost them, and, and they ended up losing to a team like the Diamondbacks. If you keep r- r- ramming in there, ramming in there, and doing it the right way, you can win. And they got the right idea, Dan. They really do right now, I think. Yeah, and they're going to get younger next year, but I, it makes me wonder whether they need to add one more veteran bat because they are going to get younger. You're going well, to who, add who, Cole who Keith. might you be thinking of? Well, I've got an idea. Do okay. we have time to do it, or do we have to yeah. take a break? No, just, no I, I – and again, there are so many considerations, not the least of which is you no longer have that DH spot dedicated to one guy named Miguel Cabrera, basically. I think A.J. Hinch loves the idea of having the freedom to rotate guys in and out of there. But just remember, he's not going to ever pigeonhole a young guy who's coming up with a defensive reputation that might be below average, think Kerry Carpenter, and pigeonhole him as a future DH. His message to his coaches is, no, get him better. We have to well, see he has him the in the tools to get better. Kerry Carpenter got better. A lot better well, since he's our- come up from the minor leagues with a very poor defensive reputation. So anyway, I would love to know. I mean, it just seems like J.D. Martinez. You look at the the Fangrass projections, 
Their crowdsourcing is outstanding. It's a great benchmark for what guys might get. Looks like the consensus is it's a one-year deal for him at age 37 next year, coming off an 890-33 home run, 890 OPS, 33 home run season. J.D. Martinez on a one-year deal. I know he'd take up the D.H. spot, and I can hear everybody going, no, we don't want to do that. We want the flexibility. But imagine what he would add. Oh, yeah. To this lineup. You need a certain amount of thump. We saw that in the postseason. The Tigers have definite thump in Carpenter and Torkelson. The other guys are more 15 to 20 home run right now in terms of the power they might add. He adds thump. The person, the unbelievable attention to detail for his craft. Yeah. And the things that he could pass on and the influence he could have on younger hitters, it just makes me think, wow, that would be an incredible addition. And then you always get back to, but can you fit that bat and 600 plate Why appearances? Why wouldn't you be able to fit him in there? Are you taking at-bats away from guys that you want to see it depends. next year? It depends on who. Well, we'll talk about yeah. it next. We'll talk but about I just, I'm intrigued by it. I've been, think, I've been kicking this around, you know, for about a week now. And I'm like, man, I love the addition of Canna. One more guy. Now you think of it. Those top five spots in no particular order. Green, Torkelson, Carpenter, Canna, J.D. Martinez. Uh, I really like that idea, actually. Now you can let right. Colt Keith, Justin Henry Malloy, anybody, other, Parker Meadows, right. take the pressure off down toward the bottom of the order. Well, I'll tell you why I fit. Uh, Dan obviously does think the same way. What do you think? Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. People always say, you guys don't talk about baseball on there, Pat. You're the only one who talks baseball. a special edition. Let's and go. We got a special edition. <laughs> we want to hear from you. So 248-539-9797. But I actually think that's a pretty good idea. Uh, this is uh, Tiger Talk at 97.1 The Ticket. Tiger Talk. Here's Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson. Carpenter takes off, swinging a fly ball. Left field by the foul pole. Will it stay fair? Gone! Matt Beerling with number 10. Two-run shot in the fifth inning. Big blow for the Tigers. They've got a 5-2 lead. Yeah, we're talking about the possibility, and this is Dan Dickerson with his wild beers. <laughs> knowing, knowing that uh, there, there are some of the, the organization going, no, 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 no. We like What's having that DA spot. Uh, uh, but again, I just think of it, it's going to be a very young team, even – if you had Justin Henry Malloy and Cole Keith, and I, I don't think there's much doubt that certainly Cole Keith is going to be there almost surely right from the beginning. Well, he's, he's ready as a hitter, I can tell you that. Justin Henry Malloy, does he have anything left to prove hitting-wise? No. Defensively? A lot. A lot. So, but let's assume those two are going to be up within the first month. Or do you think it's not that clear? Well, I think it's uh, Cole Keith. Uh, I'm wondering about him defensively. I mean, I, I watch a lot of these games, as right. you know. So I don't. Uh, but he definitely is a major. He's going to hit, and he's got a higher upside, in my opinion, than so Justin the, Henry Malloy. So you're going to add two youngsters to a lineup that's already young in terms of right. either age and or major league experience, right? right. You're going to add Mark Canna, huge, but you add JD Martinez. You just and people are like. I don't know. It was interesting talking with some coaches this year, you know, what what the veteran presence does, talking with AJ through the years. You know, it's just, he's like, we're the ones right now giving them the feedback if they make a mistake or if they have an at-bat where they didn't really follow the approach that we had talked about going into it or the base running mistake. When it's constantly coaches or managers giving the feedback, it is so much better when it's a teammate, that veteran guy 
who can look at the coach and go, I got this, goes over, has that conversation. He said, when, when you've got that in a clubhouse and they're policing themselves on whatever it is, whatever the topic is, whatever the mistake might be, he says that's when you really have taken that next step. It depends on what they think of uh, Henry Malloy. Now, right. you know, it, it, I'm in the world of like where I watch it and I tell you exactly what I think. He definitely has promise as a hitter. He walked 100 times last year. There were only two major league players that walked more than him in all of baseball. Two major league players. Major league players. One of them was, not, I think in other levels there might have been, one of them was uh, Schwarber, the other one was Juan Soto. So they're pitching around those guys. Uh, there was a benefit for him of the automated strike zone. So, uh, you know, we had, you know, looking at that because it cut down uh, on the – it added a great deal yes. to the walk total. So if the Tigers feel like blocking Henry Malloy because he doesn't have a position, think defensively and he does not run well. And, uh, again, they are not going to turn these guys into DHs at 24, 25, 23. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be a tough fit to find him a position to play. Uh, defensively at an adequate level in the major leagues, in my opinion. Now, you know, and J.D. Martinez has still got a lot left in the tank, and he could win you a division because their division isn't very good. So I don't think your idea is full of poi. I think it actually is not a bad one at all. Uh, Tyler, you're on Tiger Talk on 97 won the ticket. Hey, Tyler. Hey, guys. Just want to say this is great. You're doing this in November. I could talk Tigers all day, but I'll try and keep it brief. <laughs> Um, Dan, I love the J.D. Martinez point, and you know, I think that with the uh, the results of this past postseason in the World Series, people like that are going to turn an eye to the Tigers and to Scott Harris, because you had two teams who lost 100 games each two years ago, mm-hmm. who made smart baseball decisions and made something happen. I think the Tigers are in the market, and it, it might be a popular look for a lot of guys. Right. J.D. would just be wonderful. Yeah, you know, and the other thing is... Uh, I, I do I, think t- guys are going to want to come to Detroit because of what's going on here. That could be. And J.D. Martinez, I think, had a good experience here. And the one thing I do know... Not a small point. Not a small point. The other one is sure. uh, it's a, uh, maybe not something you put on the radar or say it's a baseball analytics thing, but I hear more complaints from fans about the Tigers that got away, even more than J.V. or Scherzer and some of the others, about J.D. Martinez. <laughs> Yep, you're absolutely right. And Castellanos and that whole thing. No, that's JD by far. Yeah. Fans yeah, were disappointed yeah. when he left. They didn't like the deal. They didn't get much for him. You know, it was uh, something that a lot. Yep. You know, I, and I think he would help him. I, I know he would help him. You know. Yep, and I, like you guys said, you know, this team really is doing it right. You start with what you have, what what you've bred from your system, mm-hmm. and then you start adding. And this core is just so fun to watch. You know, it was, you know, you didn't end up where you wanted to be at the end of the season, but it was a really fun season as a fan to watch every game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they've got some good things going. Think of it, Tyler. I mean, they've, they've developed. If Colt Keith, Jace Young make it in the next couple of years, I'm, I'm not going to include Justin Henry Malloy because we traded, the Tigers traded for him, but that's five l- legitimate, perhaps, if those two develop. Right. Bats that you have developed in the last three, four years which I would argue is as many as this organization has developed in the last 30. Without question. Yep. And that's, that's yep. incredible. And that's a real yep. testament to what's going on on the development side. And if you don't mind, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. I know only so much can be said, uh, but there's an elephant in the room. we got a Javi Baez problem. 
Hey, it's a special edition of Tiger Talk. <laughs> you know, you, you I, I love bring hobby, up man. No, uh, you know, that's an obvious I, thing. I love hobby, and I know, it, you know, there's a lot going on, but but what are we going to do with that? Yeah, it's, it, well, they, they've been very candid. He's got to change. He has to change his yeah. workouts. He has to change his, his approach. It's not, it's not a complete retool of the swing. AJ's made that point, but it's uh, you have to – Acknowledge that you're 30 and you can't maybe get to a fastball like you used to, and you've got to simplify things. And you can't, I mean, he's gone from the year before the Tigers, he was a plus against the slider. First year of the Tigers could hit a fastball, not a slider. Last year couldn't hit a fastball or a slider. Big negative values on both, and that's a bad spot to be. So you can only hope that he's motivated. He's not a bad guy. It's well, a really, that's it's, uh, that's a part of it. Is it's kinda, is he, he has to be motivated to change. Yeah, yeah. And Tiger said, you know, it's hard to change during the season. I get that, but it's this is a big winner for him. You've got four more years. So yes, are you stuck with them for four more years? Yes, but there's no guaranteed. I believe playing time for Javi Baez next year after having a 590 OPS this year, and you know he, he has to if he wants those at bats. He has to show right from the start that things are going to be different. Well, Tyler made the stated the obvious. You know that is the elephant in the room, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm glad for the call. I'm not, you know, we're not trying to dodge any questions. I was just joking about it. But uh, here's the thing: he's still in his prime, 31 years old. Uh, he still measures out well defensively. He uh, made at least a half a dozen plays this year that I don't think any other shortstop makes. And he still runs reasonably well. He's still mm-hmm. got his foot speed. The The thing is, you know, that high lift swing where you're guessing all the time uh, leads to uh, swinging at pitches that are just outrageous outside the zone. So it starts there. Now, later in the year, you notice that he started to flip a few balls at key times to right field. Most of his key hits were to right field flipping pitches that were – they kept throwing him that pitch, and he did it. But he did not hit the ball hard. No, that's the thing. They're, you might you might read, and I'm sure you will. Lowest strikeout rate of his career. Okay, true, but also a lot of those were just happy to make contact. Right, soft. You know, and his RBIs came on an, on an unbelievable amount of hits like that. And when he was at his best, and you know, he would pull fastballs up in the zone that nobody else could pull with an uppercut swing. So something there is missing. It might be that he's lost it a little bit in terms of his reflexes, which must have been like off the charts to do that. All those things. Um, and uh, here's the thing. You're stuck with him, okay, for better or worse. So what you got to do is work with it. They don't have shortstops in their system. There's no shortstop remotely uh, as uh, good as Javi Baez defensively or anybody that they're bringing along. Mm-hmm. Now, the good news for Tiger fans, they're like, hey, why didn't you take Marcello Mayer? And why didn't you take, you know, uh, uh, Lawler and some of these other guys that were, you know. Uh, were, Do you like Jackson Job? <laughs> I was, <laughs> you might like Jackson Job, you know, once you actually get an eyeful of him, you know, then we'll talk about that next. Most underrated prospect in baseball right now. And he's highly rated, but underrated. And I'll explain why next. And Dan and I will talk about it. This is Tiger Talk. We we got time for a phone call or two. Talk some pitching too. Yeah. This is Tiger Talk 971 the ticket. Tiger Talk. Here's Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson. Strike one, swinging a fly ball, right center field. This one's deep. Loriano going back, looking up, and it's gone! A home run! How 
about it. Spencer Tarkelson takes the 99-mile-an-hour cutter and puts it in the right field seats. Number 31, Tigers now trail at 7-5. Well, that was uh, Dan great uh, talk. I, I just uh, wanted to point out two things to you, you know, because I, I spent an inordinate amount of time. Uh, some people would say, well, what a loser. <laughs> uh, watching, you know, the minor leagues and the Tiger system and all that, it's one of my great loves. Uh, doing that, I've been doing it for a long time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, a couple of players, or two pitchers in particular, uh, flashed to me last year. One it very much in particular was Jackson Job. Cannot emphasize enough what that is. I've never seen a pitcher in their system throw the ball like that. Uh, well, your he, eyes lit up when we were before the show and we were talking. Oh, about, I've not seen your eyes light up like well, that. Their eyes, <laughs> you know, they're not going to try to overhype it there right. because but you, you know that they're, they're just equally as excited. Yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't even have to ask yep. uh, because he's throwing 96, 97, 98. Uh, and he is, he's got that slider, which is he's tightened it up now. Mm-hmm. It was it was coming out of the pitch tunnel. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. can see it before and once in a while I give up a home run, but he's tightened it up. And the thing that, you know, is not talked enough about him, and if the, the, you know, the prospects people, you know, that do the Baseball America and all that look at him, he's landing his changeup. I mean, he he lands his changeup right on a string. He he throws the ball not only for strikes, but in the quadrants, not down the middle. Right. So this dude, and he's athletic, and he's got that look on his face. Like, you know, Tarek Skubal gets that look when he goes out there. He's a serious dude. This guy is potential Cy Young Award winner. I'm telling you right now, he's got to stay healthy and all that. But that whole back thing, not an issue. And it, really, if uh, you know, I got all the hype when Mize was doing well and everything. Uh, he he never threw the ball in the minor leagues like Jackson Job did last year, and he was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, he's very much has a chance to be special. And the other one's Ty Madden, who was a first round. Yeah, pick. you really liked him. Uh, when he's on, he strikes out like everybody. Uh, he gets inconsistent and everything, but they, they had him throw three quarters instead of straight overhand so he can flatline his fastball. And I don't know whether he's going to be a star reliever or a, a because he's getting third pitch is an issue. But Ty Madden's got electric stuff too. Those guys are vastly underrated uh, when it comes down to those national rankings, in my opinion. And that's why it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned what starter or reliever. And I think the way the Tigers are kind of reimagining the bullpen is, is really important in terms of you know what fans can look for in the years ahead when you've got – Tyler Holden threw 93 innings this what year. What a signing that was. 93 innings, all in relief. It was, I think, eight in the minor leagues, and then he came up in his 83-4 in the major league. 80-inning relievers are rare, but the Tigers are doing this because very very specifically they know how to use these guys. Robin Lund came and joined the staff. You talked about how they rematched in the coaching staffs, and he helped these guys understand, you got to throw. you got to throw. You don't save your bullets. You use your bullets so you can make more bullets. And he, he helped these guys understand, especially the relievers. It's a really tough role. Starters have that regimented process. Relievers don't understand when to throw, how much to throw, based on your workload over the last seven right. days and 28 days. Anyway, a lot of good stuff going on there. And you're going to have the Bo Briskies of the world, the Alex Fajitos probably of the world, working out of the bullpen. And you're going to build a bullpen full of guys who can go long, short, and pitch and leverage, and it's going to be really fun to well, watch. Well, don't forget, you know, uh, Jason Foley had uh, Tommy John surgery, was an NAIA pitcher, didn't even get drafted. Alex Lang was like on the end of his career. 
They've got a lot of quality innings out of them. Uh, there's no way uh, Holton's available if every, if he knew he was going to do that. He was as effective as any reliever in baseball last year. He came year. to Detroit and got better. Yeah, and uh, give Scott Harris this. I mean, you know, whatever. And I'm not, you know, I'm just saying, think about it. Zach McKinstry, what a valuable piece he is. He is going to be so valuable in 2024. Great arm, great <laughs> speed. You know, I mean, the guy steals bases like Infield, crazy. Outfield, you're comfortable wherever you put him. Inconsistent hitting, but, you know, you can get a lot There's out of a player there, like that. Yeah, he didn't, like, get overwhelmed. Uh, look at Abanez, what he did. You know, Waiver pickup? Yeah, and uh, he was right up there among their best players, you know, uh, metrically. And uh, hold those three players, you wonder why they won 78 games. They don't have those three players. They don't win 78 no, games. you're right. Abanez you know, had a big finish. Yeah, he did. Eight thirty OPS for the last two hundred plus at bats, and he, you know what, he hung in there because it was looking like, oh man, your career's gone the line and all right. this stuff. And grinders like that, you you want them. Canna's like that, so they, you know, they got a, a torque is like that. You know, torque's the number one pick and everything. You've seen this like every day. Spencer Torkelson, it wasn't easy for him. No, the you amount know? of. The spotlight is really bright when you're a 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. He you know, handled it so well. He grinded. I mean, he just did. He was the same kid every day. And I, I would bet you, Donuts Dollars, that he will be much better defensively. That what his problem no was, question. range to the right side and deciding whether he to go for the it. ball or not. He scoops the ball well. He's athletic. He just he had a he had a run. He had seven errors, I think, in three weeks. And it was just it's not him. He's gonna. He's gonna. I agree with you. Riley Green's like that. Just for what fans can look for in the months ahead, Scott Harris has pretty much laid it out. We're targeting pitching now. We can talk about JD, and I'll, I'll continue to mention that to Scott because I'm sure he wants to hear from me about whether we should get JD Martinez or not. But the pitching is clearly where the focus is going to be, and it sounds like they would like a couple of veteran starters. Because again, you've got this talent coming up from the minor leagues. You can you can work it for now. You're not as worried about blocking guys if you had a starting pitcher. Position player side, it's a real thing. Right. Starting pitching, I think they're willing to spend. I'm intrigued by guys. Yeah, the one and two year guys. Sean Manaya is intriguing to me just yeah. because I don't think I don't think we've seen the best of Sean Manaya. If you think you can get that's an arm and it's wildly inconsistent. But I think there's something to work with there. That, to me, is like a Michael Lorenzen. You take him, bring him here, and you make him better. I'm intrigued by somebody like Sonny Gray. Would you be willing to spend – you're not going to do a five-year deal probably, right? But he's 34. He's been outstanding the last two years. His injuries have been non-arm related the last couple of years, 21 and 22. He was healthy this year. Went from five innings to start to almost six, from 22 to 23. And, again, he, outstanding. He's going to get Cy Young votes. Might win the Cy Young. So the, the the projections you're seeing three years, sixty to sixty five million. Uh, those are the, some of the crowdsource numbers from Fangraphs. Those are pretty accurate. Would you be willing to spend for a guy who could absolutely lead this rotation? Scott Harris has talked about the importance of those veteran guys. That's a heck of an arm that you could get. I'm intrigued. I don't know if they're willing to spend that kind of money or want to spend that kind of money. They do have that kind of money. They're not going to do it on the position player side. I'm wondering if they might on the on the pitching side. Lance Lynn. You want Lance Lynn? Hello. Hey, Harry. What's up, buddy? Harry, how are you? You want Lance Lynn? Good, good. I Let pass me tell on you, him I, myself, but he's yeah. a big old hoss. <laughs> hey, oh yeah. Oh, I look at the postseason. I looked at the postseason and the starting pitchers tracking and in the postseason. That's what I look at. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's out there. Kenna Maeda's out there. 
Um, I like Kent there, I mean, there's there's a few. In yeah, the bullpen, really there's are. a few out there. Seth yeah. Lugo, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, um, Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery is going to I think he'll command a, a little lot. more. And uh, Jordan Romano's out there from Toronto. Yeah. Jordan Hicks is out there. How about Flaherty? Um, they won't spend on a reliever. I love Jordan Hicks's arm, but they're not going to spend on a reliever. I and, Dan, I love your JD idea. We, I, let's let's get on that, everybody. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gonna, let's start the campaign. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> Normally, I'm the one giving the unsolicited but, solicited advice. Dan, it's your turn. But, Harry, your point's a good one. I think there are several starting pitchers out there on one- and two-year deals that you would be happy with. Seth Lugo, Sean Manaya, you mentioned Romano. I mean, what about Lorenzo? More of a reliever. But Phil Maton's another one in Houston. Oh, the bullpen. He was great in the postseason. Would you bring Michael Lorenzo oh, yeah. back? I, yeah. I might. I mean, absolutely. He's on that list too. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, he he's would, on that list too. He would, he would come uh, probably at a at a decent price there. Yeah. So I don't. Well, I wouldn't touch Lance Lynn. I wasn't impressed with him last year. No, I, I, I liked him last year, him. but boy, he really had a, he struggled all year this yeah, year. He was uh, very hittable. I don't want I don't want the projects who had a year that was that rough. You know, I like Sonny Gray. <laughs> uh, like Lance Lynn doesn't. You know, and I get it. Pitchers. You know, we have we've had a lot of hefty pitchers in this town, but he's not really in shape. So that would be one thing that would. And, and Gray is always in shape. Now Gray is a smaller right-hander, which has always kind of worked against him. But his best pitch is his breaking stuff. You know, he's, he's not good. He's not somebody he knows how to pitch. So, you know, if his velocity's off a tick or something, he knows how to how to get through that and he, he's deceptive. But so so fans look ahead in the months ahead. Think think run prevention because the biggest, quickest way, think Cleveland under Terry Francona to get to the postseason. Yes, the offense has to get better, but I'm thinking kind of okay, if you can get toward the middle of the pack, which was 700 and just over 730 uh, runs. 738 was league average in the American League. Tigers were at 660. Have to improve there, no question. Right. But on the run prevention side, when you can get that number down below 680, they're at 730 this year. They basically got to flip those two numbers. But that's that's where you can make the biggest improvement most quickly is in run prevention. That's why they signed Carson Kelly back. They picked up that option because you're a good catcher is a big factor in that. It's defense plus pitching. So think of that as you think of who they might target, the kind of pitcher they might target. He's got to be in the strike zone or have a history of it or be athletic enough that you think you can get him to be in the strike zone. And he's got to have stuff. He's got to have some stuff. He's got to have a certain level of, of swing and miss. Yeah, and uh, we'll see whether they're able to find somebody because Lorenzo was a big factor. I think they'll add two. I mean, I, I think they're, they're definitely going to add a couple. You can't you can't have enough of that. And, uh, you know, an X factor we haven't talked about is Casey Mize. Now, you're going to like Casey Mize. I know well, you've you had. You, I listen to your broadcast uh, on a consistent basis. You went out there, uh, we're watching him. Uh, Watched the bullpen in August. Both you and Daniela, you know, were raving about the way he was throwing. And, I mean, he has said, I had to get stronger. I knew I was not strong enough before my injury. And he added 20 pounds. Body fat is the same. And you look at him. He's bigger. Look at the shoulders. Bigger. Legs. Bigger. And I think that's going to result in just more consistent velocity and, and just, as you know, the stuff. There's life with that stuff. But you saw what Scoobal did to get back. Uh, and he didn't have the same injury. He went through that Tommy John surgery before. Uh, Casey Mize is going to do that. You know, he's he's doing everything that he had to do. He's an incredible competitor, and I wouldn't sell him short this year. I know Tommy John's a lot. A lot of times, players come back, pitchers, and it takes them a bit mm-hmm. to get back in their rhythm. 
but I wouldn't sell him I'm short. feeling really optimistic about it. I just wonder if they're going to keep having him throw the splitter. Far as I know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, because that, that pitch has gotten a bad name. <laughs> and there's some, you Hopefully know, we can talk to Casey this winter on Tiger Talk in yeah. January and February. But anyway, enjoyed it, Dan. Appreciate it. Quickest hour Spe- on radio. Special edition of Tiger Talk. Today. And somebody had to throw Javi in there and like, oh, come on. <laughs> we were having such a good time. Yeah, we, I'll, I'll talk Jackson Job with you. He only, only walked six guys in a thousand innings. We're going to do it again in December and then uh, back in, on the air in January. Yeah, look forward to it. Always love talking to y'all baseball fans. We love baseball, man. We do. So appreciate it. And, uh, Dan, terrific job. You're going to be doing some TV. Well, we got so much to get into. <laughs> Dan's going to be doing some TV. Better Look get out. some suits. Lorianne, get out there and I get know, you I some got, suits. I, we, got a, we got a new wardrobe coming up. Yeah, that's coming up. <laughs>